your boy DM3, and you're listening to Pandemonium with Mike Lindsley on the Buffalo Bills, exclusively on the Built to Buffalo Podcast Network. All right, here we go, Bills Mafia. I'm Mike Lindsley. It is, in fact, the Pandemonium Podcast, all a part of the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. Make sure you follow and like and subscribe uh, and do all that good stuff over the social platforms and uh, on your podcast channels, on your smartphone device. Built in Buffalo, of course, uh, is the name, and uh, all over Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, you name it. Uh, go uh, go follow and, uh, and suggest it to people and share and all the rest. Um, this is a huge show. In just a minute, I'm going to bring in uh, Buffalo Bills insider and central publisher for Sports Illustrated, Nick Firo. He's on Twitter, at Nick Firo. That's at Nick, F-I-E-R-R-O. And then after that, you're going to hear a crossover episode of my other podcast, the ML Sports Platter, with former goalie and current MSG Network analyst, Martin Biron. He's going to share stories playing in the AHL, the rivalry with the Syracuse Crunch and Rochester Americans. He's going to chat about uh, seeing Owen Power at Michigan. Uh, he's going to break down the Sabres, um, you know, the lack of closing games this season. So much to get into with Martin Biron in that show, and uh, it, it was just a great chat. Uh, from the ML Sports Platter, again, a crossover episode with former goalie Marty Biron, Rangers, Islanders, Flyers, and Sabres, and now a terrific analyst for the MSG Network. And oh, by the way, we get into dogs as well, which is just awesome. All right, let's talk some Bills football with Nick Firo, the Bills Central Publisher and Insider for Sports Illustrated, at Nick Firo on Twitter, at Nick, F-I-E-R-R-O. Nick, thanks for a few. How are you, pal? I'm great. Uh, I'm still... Uh... Uh, trying to recover from that, all that's happened here in the postseason. Trying to process all these games. Uh, you know, every game decided by a field goal, except the, you know, except the, the Bills, and they went to overtime. That's true. Uh, quickly before we get to the Bills, uh, give me your Super Bowl takeaways. What'd you think of the game? What'd you think of halftime? Um, I didn't watch the halftime. I was busy doing. It. Well, I heard a lot of stuff about that, um, and. Uh, Eminem taking a knee and everything. I, I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. The, the game itself, uh, pretty much kind of what I expected, actually. Um, I don't get every Super Bowl right, but I got that one right. I kind of thought the Rams were a field goal better. But, you know, again, uh, the, the referees, you know, played a part. They, they missed a false start on the same play where they called. It was a real poor call on, on defensive holding where they probably shouldn't have thrown the flag. But on the same play, that both tackles moved early, uh, you know, and that, that was a big deal. Um, so I, I just thought that, uh, but I, I still think that the better team won, and um, it, it was uh, it, it was uh, long, I guess, overdue. Even though, though they have the um, the youngest coach in the league still, um, you know, he had been there before. But uh, you know, this was a team that was built a lot like last year's Tampa Bay team which not only got to play in front of its home stadium, but was built to win that year. And um, this kind of reminds me of that. New quarterback, you know, new defensive pieces. They, they just keep adding. Uh, forget about the first-round draft picks. Just go for it this year. And it paid off for them. So good for the Rams. Yeah, no doubt about it. Were you thinking during the game about the Bills and just saying, man, you know, th- this is just another uh, reminder of what could have been and and the 13 seconds and all that sort of thing 
like the, the the just the blown opportunity that the Bills, you know, they just left it out there, you know. Yeah, sure, because there's no guarantee you're ever going to get there again. Um, it's, I mean, it, the common belief is that you know you, you have a good young franchise quarterback, and there's going to be other opportunities, but there might not be one as good as that the one that they had. You know, there's injuries, there's things that happen. Um, you know, at one point we thought that. Um, um, you know, Burrow was going to be out of that game. He was like down at pain or thinking, oh man, his knee, it's the other knee, but still, but he came back in. And so that's just kind of a reminder that you know, the Bills might not even get this close again. Who knows? They have a quarterback who takes a lot of hits, even though he's big and uh, he has, he's been resistant to injury. Um, that won't go on forever. So um, yeah, they probably had the better team. They just choked. Uh, and the choke came from the sideline, by the way, in the final 13 seconds. Sure did. Uh, who would you rather have the next five years? You mentioned Allen, you know, taking hits and all that. Would you rather have Josh Allen or Joe Burrow? I'd probably rather have Allen. You know, he just seems like he's the most physically gifted. I, I, there was a debate recently that I kind of jumped into, and um, people may, maybe don't realize how, how uh, gifted Michael Vick was. I think Michael Vick was the most talented the most gifted uh, athlete to ever play the position. I still do. I saw him play close up in my years covering the Eagles, but uh, Allen is really getting there, you know, uh, with arm strength, speed. um, He has pretty much everything. Um, But, you know, with Burrow, when they finally do upgrade that offensive line, which I believe they're going to do, uh, and he's going to be tough too. So, um, I don't know, but I, you know, I, I would take Allen over Burrow. We're talking some uh, Buffalo Bills football with uh, our good pal from Sports Illustrated, the Bills Central publisher, Nick Fierro, on Twitter, at Nick Fierro. That's at Nick, F-I-E-R-R-O, here on the Pandemonium podcast, Built in Buffalo podcast network. You look at the free agents for the Bills. Um, do you have a couple of guys who, under any circumstance you're like you got to bring them back couple of guys who you think will walk who do you think they'll cut what about the free agent season here nick for this team yeah well with the bills i guess i guess the first thing you have to uh to start with is is uh, levi wallace the cornerback uh his contract is expiring um you know he's he's not really a fan favorite um but you know, he's been a pretty valuable guy for them. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I I think that they I don't know that they have to resign him at all costs. I don't know that they're actually in a position to do that because he's probably going to get some starters money uh, offered to him uh, by other teams, and uh, they might not be in a position to kind of compete with that because you know they just paid their quarterback. That they're not in the best cap position. They, they'll have room. I mean, they'll they'll have money to spend uh, because of the way they set up their uh, contracts, but. Um, you know, I, I think they, they have to to look at Levi Wallace. I would I would try to keep him anyway. I don't know if they're going to be able to. And, um, you know, Jerry Hughes is going to be uh, a free agent. He's still playing at a high level, but he's, you know, he's going to be 34 years old. Uh, do they really want to, you know, be able to keep him? I, I don't know. Uh, that That's a real tough uh, call right there. Um, the uh, Another one, too, it's interesting, Ryan Bates, but he's a restricted free agent. He'll be back, I mean, because because the Bills have leverage there. He became a start, starting guard um, and uh, this year, and I think that they'll they'll bring him back. They've already brought Saran Neal back, I believe. Or, no, no, it, it Dodson. They brought Dodson back, the linebacker. 
Saran Neal is, is a, another special teams guy and a possible, you know, replacement at safety down the road. Maybe they, they try to get him. And another guy is Harrison Phillips, a defensive tackle. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it would be nice to get him back. But again, this is a complicated negotiation. Uh, how much do they want to spend? It, none of these guys on the D line have put up big numbers, right. but that that's not necessarily indicative of, you know, what they can do or their value to the team. That's just because of, you know, the way they play and the team plays. And so, uh, you know, and one other uh, one other guy, um, Isaiah McKenzie, who I would try to bring back too because he's a younger, to me, uh, a younger version of Cole Beasley. And Beasley is a guy they might not even keep this year, even though he's under contract for this coming year. But they can get an enormous salary cap relief if they let him go. And maybe McKenzie is a guy – they feel like they can plug in there, and he still has returnability, even though he kind of lost his job twice during the year. I don't think they've totally lost confidence in him. So, uh, you know, those guys. Uh, I, I like Ike Buckner, too. He lost his starting job. He's not a starter but um, as a guard, but he's a really good, valuable player. And if he's not offered starters money elsewhere, he's a guy that might come back to the Bills. Should well. the Bills – this upcoming season, I, I know that, you know, the Allen money kicks in in 2023. This is the last season before that. And I realize that because of the cap problems and because of the Allen contract and all that, it's easy to say, man, you really need all your draft picks. But on the other side of the fence, we just witnessed the Rams go all in. They mortgaged their future multiple times. They got Beckham. They got Von Miller. They got Matt Stafford. They just won a Super Bowl. They were close Sean McVay knew it. He got rid of the risk and and Jared Goff, and he gets the risk reward in Matt Stafford. They're champions of, of, of the NFL. Should the Bills go, and if it's not all in with this approach, should they go even partially in to be like, hey, you know, we got to copy that model because we're close. We need to go win it right now before that Allen money kicks in. Yeah, I would be surprised if they went there um, because they have a younger quarterback. They have some younger nucleus, although, you know, the, the heart and soul of that defense is their safeties, and they, they're over 30 now, yep. Hyde and Poyer. So, um, yeah, there is a kind of an urgency there, but they're, they're really trying to do it the right way, I think, but building with younger defensive linemen. Uh, they got some young linebackers, um, and uh, they've, they've rebuilt their offensive line over these last couple of years, these last few years since McDermott's been in there. Um, so that they've gone younger at most spots. I don't know that, I don't know that they're even in position to do what the Rams did because, you know, because of their cap situation, they can move money around, like I said, and they're going to be able to get rid of some veterans, which I think Strahlo Tule is one of those guys too, that, that will clear out some cap space an enormous amount of cap space, but, um, they can't go hog wild in free agency either, you know, and, you know, last year they were in play for what, uh, you know, if there's a guy that comes along, if they really think, especially a pass rusher, and that's still the case, even though they drafted two guys last year and they drafted Epineza the year before, um, if they have a chance to go after a, a, a big-time pass rusher in free agency, they'll do it. They'll find the money. But they can't go and add one piece after another the way the Rams did and, um, and you know, and trade. And I don't think they're, they're going to be wanting to trade uh, draft picks to uh, – uh, like to, like the Rams did to try to get the quarterback, or in in the Bills' case, it would be somebody else, like maybe maybe a pass rusher. Um, so uh, you know, 
I think that that would be the only spot uh, that they would give up a lot of resources for. But I think it would be more money, not draft picks. In the draft, corner, defensive line, maybe a running back, maybe even a receiver, depending on the cuts and what they do. How do you see this thing unfolding in the draft? Yeah, I, I see all those spots being addressed. It's just a matter of uh, how they go, what order. Because mm-hmm. uh, Matt Breida, one of, the, one of the free agents we didn't mention, you know, he's he's probably gone. His contract's up. Um, Zach Moss, I don't know if he's he did enough to really, you know, stay there. And uh, So they're going to need a running back, regardless of what they think about Devin Singletary, who became the number one guy this year. Um, even if, if they like him to be the number one going forward, they're going to need running back depth. So, uh, but they're not going to draft a running back in the first round. I would really be surprised if that happened. But the, uh, there are a lot of uh, good pass rushers in this draft, supposedly, according to the experts. Uh, and, you know, like I said, even though the Eagles, or even, even though the Bills uh, used their number one and number two draft picks last year on DNs, they could go that route again. Because uh, you can't get enough of these guys. Uh, it's like left-handed pitching. It, you just can't get enough. And uh, so, you know, they, they could do that. Cornerback, even if they keep Levi Wallace, they might want to draft a cornerback early. Um, and I think they, that would be the way to go, you know, for them. And, um, you know, maybe if there's another offensive lineman out there, too, there's the, it's still not complete, their offensive line. They, they did a good job, especially toward the end of the year. But they still have some things to do here, some decisions to make. Maybe even Deion Dawkins, because Deion even referenced it in his season-ending press conference uh, about Tommy Doyle, who was basically an extra lineman this year, and he caught that one touchdown pass, uh, you know, in the playoffs as a as a tight end eligible. But you know, Deion Dawkins was saying that you know if, if Doyle comes in and does his job, which it looks like he's doing. And the other rookie, Spencer Brown, that they drafted, you know, do their jobs. Those are the tackles of the future. He goes, I might be out. And he's, he's still a pretty young guy. So they, they have some things to figure out there. Um, and, you know, they, who knows, at linebacker. Tremaine Edmonds is back uh, on his fifth-year option. Um, but they, don't, they haven't committed to him beyond this coming year. So do they really want to try to draft somebody there to take his spot? down the road um and at some point they do have to address those safety spots but i think corner is number one you know corner and d-line uh especially the the uh, edge rushers are, are number one yeah i mean you're just looking at that game from the, you know, the super bowl and you're like my god hendrickson and hubbard and miller and donald and floyd and you're like geez you know they, they set the tone early in that game and uh man and then late in the game with the rams defense to just to an unbelievable, what, seven sacks in the game, uh, you're sitting there going, gosh, if the Bills could get more pressure on the quarterback, which obviously has been a problem, uh, you know, before this year even. I, I have one more for you, Nick, and it, it, it's on Sean McDermott. He's done some really, really good things, great things, right? I mean, they, they broke the drought. The, you know, he brings in Bean. Uh, you know, they, they collectively change the culture. They bring in Allen. Uh, they do great work in the draft and free agency. They're they're in the playoffs multiple times. They reached the AFC title game last year. The excitement, the belief, it's back and it's there in Buffalo. However, 13 seconds to me is a big, big problem. And his conservative, conservative approach is a big, big problem. Are you worried about Sean McDermott long-term 
because this team is on the cusp of winning a championship. Are you worried about him? Is he going to hold them back? Yeah, it's a valid question. And it very well could be because if they get into the same situation, you know, next year in the playoffs and not necessarily protecting a lead with 13 seconds to go, but, but just playing a team that's as, as explosive as the chiefs and they don't adjust, uh, the way they did, you know, in the regular season when they beat the Chiefs and they pretty much flustered Patrick Mahomes, that's going to be a problem because, you know, he's going to be typecast then as a coach who can get him there but then can't get him over the top, kind of like a Marty Schottenheimer. Marty, Marty Schottenheimer should probably be in the Hall of Fame, you know, but he could never get over the top uh, for whatever reason, kind of maybe bad luck. Maybe Elway had some. Maybe it was just because of John Elway. But, uh, you know, Sean McDermott might be that coach, but, uh, yeah, if this kind of thing happens again, I don't, I don't think his job is in jeopardy uh, by any stretch. But if this kind of thing would happen again in the playoffs where they get exposed and they just play the absolute wrong scheme, which they did, and they made a bad decision on the kickoff, which they did, um, yeah, you have to start thinking, is he the guy? And, you know, how much more do you, you want to go? But it's a tough thing to walk away from because of the culture, like you said, that he set up. Um, you know, the players being all in and uh, them competing for a Super Bowl every year, a uh, tough thing to, to change up there. You know, you, you can, you, yeah, maybe you can do better than him, but there's a, there's a really good chance, a better chance that you'll do much worse. Yeah. Nick Firo, awesome job. Bill Central Publisher for Sports Illustrated on Twitter at Nick Firo. Go check him out at Nick, F-I-E-R-R-O, and of course, si.com slash NFL slash Bills for all of Nick's great work. Thanks a lot, pal. Sure, thank you. And now my conversation with former NHL goalie and current MSG Network analyst covering the Buffalo Sabres, Martin Biron from the ML Sports Platter in a crossover podcast episode. Hi, this is Jay Billis of ESPN, and you're listening to the ML Sports Platter. ML Sports Platter, back with you all over the major platforms. Download, subscribe, leave feedback, and a five-star review. We are brought to you by Bet Online. Hey, sign up today and receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE to get started. Of course, the ML Sports Platter, part of the Believe Podcast Network. That's B-L-E-A-V, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC odds, you name it. They've got it. Bet online where the game starts. We're also sponsored in part by our great friends at the Vince Aguera Consulting Group, Brewton Ace Hardware, and the Al and Angus Pub. If you are in and around Central New York, get on over to Al and Angus right now. I mean, the burgers are so unbelievably great. Mouth-watering wraps, great dinner entrees, and more before and after all the big events in Central New York, Syracuse Hoops, Crunch Hockey, concerts, and other things going on downtown. Make sure you pop on over to the Allen Angus Pub. They have amazing beers on tap uh, as well, and gift cards are available for any occasion. The Allen Angus Pub is the official pub of the ML Sports Platter. Super excited to bring on Martin Biron, who's doing an unbelievable job as an analyst for the MSG Network uh, covering the Buffalo Sabres, and he was a pretty darn good player in his own right. The former NHL goalie for the Sabres, Flyers, Islanders, and Rangers. One of my favorites uh, in sports media right now. I'm telling you, if you don't watch Marty on a nightly basis, you're really missing out. 
the, the way he sees the game, the breakdowns, uh, the way he delivers his message. It's really second to none. Let's bring him in, Martin Biron. Marty, how are you? Oh, it's great to talk to you. I, I'm glad you're doing good and enjoying the weather. <laughs> yeah, it, it is, in fact, a heat wave. In fact, we were joking about that before the interview. We were also talking about busy times. Life is crazy. You've got dogs. What kind of dogs do you have? I have a golden retriever who's six years old. Okay, so I have a 11-year-old little French, uh, toy poodle. She's a little toy French poodle. Um, I, I laugh because I say she's my girlfriend. Like she follows me everywhere, um, and usually I bring him and bring her in the car with me, and we would go run errands and go pick up the kids at school. Uh, but now she gets to stay home. Uh, the kids are with me, uh, and they bring their dog from their mom's house when she come. They come over uh, because we used to have multitude of pets, and the one bulldog always follows the kids around. So now. I got to put the poodle and the bulldog in their rooms, and they're good for their afternoon nap. <laughs> there you go. Um, all right, let's get into the Sabres team here. Um, you know, I, I like the direction they're going. I like the collection of players, and we'll get into that a little bit more later in the interview. But we're doing this uh, chat here, Marty, you know, coming off the heels here of this this Blue Jackets game, right? I mean, you're, you're up 3-1, to one and then you blow the lead. Don't you eventually, I know this is the latest installment of a Sabres rebuild for a franchise that hasn't made the playoffs in 10 years, but don't you at some point have to kind of close some of these games with victories? Well, you're right, and and there's many different ways to close out these games with victories, uh, and we've unfortunately seen the Sabres lose too many of those games different ways. I thought the Sabres played a really good game yesterday against Columbus, they're, they're actually up to one after two periods. They score early in the third, which tells me that they weren't just going to sit back. They were going to go forward. Alex Tuck has a really, really nice goal on a nice play down low between Thompson, Skinner, and Tuck. I'm like, this is great. This is exactly what you want to see. And then about three, four minutes later, unfortunately, Dustin Tokarski gave up a bad goal, and that fueled... Uh, you know, Columbus a little bit. Not that Columbus had a ton of chances in the third. They got a power play late in the game and then the overtime goal, but but it's a mix of everything. Last night, I would say, as any, any goalies would say, well, the second goal is not a good one, and it gave life to Columbus, and they were one shot away from tying this thing up. If you don't give up that goal, maybe you give up the late power play goal, but you still win 3-2, and you're all set. Uh, sometimes this year it's been defensive mistakes. Sometimes it's been uh, being indisciplined. So undisciplined. So there's been different ways. But the one thing that, as we know, with the the number of goalies and the injuries to the goalies that they've had to deal with this year, um, it's really hard to close out games when you're not getting the extra saves that that some other teams are. And I do feel right now. And in last night's case, it was maybe that one save that you needed to get. You bring up Alex Tuck, who grew up about 20 minutes away from where I'm sitting right now. Yeah. Um, he loves being a Sabre. You know, he's embraced Western New York. He brings uh, a lot of that winning attitude from Vegas, of course. Um, and now he's back healthy. And, and I talked to his peewee coach, uh, his youth hockey coach, Scott Montagnan. He said he's on the precipice of being a breakout star in this in, in this league. Do you two part question for you? Do you do you feel that way that he's like right on the cusp of, of becoming a star 
in this league? And what do you think he brings to this group here moving forward as the Sabres try to turn this thing around? Well, I think he is a star. I don't think he's just on the breakout. I think he is a star. And if you, you know, watch NHL Network or you go on NHL.com and watch and stream games, you know, there's a commercial that runs and it's Alex stuck in the commercial all the time, right? And there's other players, but... If the league is promoting a guy like Alex Tuck, he's a star, and that's a guy worth promoting. So I think he is a star. Um, number two, um, I, I really like what he's brought to the Buffalo Sabres. Number one, well, well number one, he's, he's a good guy. He's a great guy, great family. His mom and dad were at the game again last night. Uh, you know, I was down in Vegas last week. His dad was down there when the Sabres played. Uh, they're great people. And you could see an Alex and his brother Luke, because I've, I've got to know both of them uh, here in Buffalo. Luke played for the Junior Sabres, uh, you know, before his college career. So so I've got to know both of them. They're great individuals. It's a great family. So not only would, would Alex bring, you know, the star power on the ice, but he's in the community. He was at a practice for, um, you know, special need uh, Buffalo Sabres team on uh, Wednesday night. Uh, he had a ton of fans and family members and friends after the game last night that I saw down by the locker room. Like, he's just that good-hearted person. So he brings that to the Sabres and the fan base. But the biggest thing that he brings, in my opinion, and I saw it when he first started practicing with the team after the trade, is his practice habit, his leadership, his continued drive to be better and to execute at a high speed. And listen, the Sabres team with Cousins, with Thompson, with Peyton Krebs and J.J. Paterka and Jack Quinn, uh, you know, need to have somebody that says, I've been there, I've learned from other players, and now I need to pass it on to you. Even though Alex is only 25 years old, he's, he's got a lot of experience. So I think that's one of his biggest things. He's, he's a star. He's a point-of-game guy so far this year. And I think he'll score 30, 35 goals in the NHL regularly. But he brings so much off the ice as well. Martin Biron, uh, our guest here on the ML Sports Platter, brought to you by Burn Dairy and the Vince Aguirre Consulting Group, the terrific analyst for MSG Networks and the former netminder in his own right. Um, Owen Power, have you gotten a chance to see a lot of him, uh, you know, game-wise, Marty, uh, at Michigan? I, I hear just that he is a, an absolute stud. I mean, size, speed, skill, uh, everything you want in the modern-day defenseman. Have you, have you gotten a chance to look at him? Yeah, I actually made a trip out to Detroit earlier this year. My son had a weekend of hockey where the Sabres were off. So we went to a tournament in Detroit, and it just so happened that Michigan was playing Notre Dame that weekend. So we went to a game. Uh, I got to watch Power on the ice, and uh, he covers a ton of ground. It's like, you know when you watch the figure skating in the Olympics and they say, they have to use the full ice, uh, you know, during their programs. Well, that's what Owen Power does. He uses the full ice. If he plays left D, he's not just left defenseman. He's going to be right defenseman. He's going to be on the forecheck. He's going to be all over the ice. Reminds me a lot of Victor Hedman in that way. Obviously, Hedman is a superstar in the NHL. So if Owen Power even comes close to maybe what uh, Victor Hedman has done, uh, he's going to be a, a stud defense for the Sabres for many years. Uh, but now we get to watch him in the Olympics, right? So first game in the Olympics against Germany, he played almost 20 minutes. 
at plus two uh, rating in their 5-1 win. Uh, it's an adjustment because you're not playing against college players now. You're playing against older, more mature players. But he did that in the World Championship last year, and he was probably the best defenseman for Team Canada. So I, I do think that as soon as Michigan's season's over, you're going to see Owen Power in in Buffalo. Uh, he's going to be you know, playing maybe six, seven, eight, ten games with the Sabres to finish the season, which would be uh, pretty exciting for the Sabres and their fans. No doubt. You know, I like the kid Pekka Lukanen in goal. I mean, you're a former goalie. Uh, how do you see the goalie position playing out for the next couple of years? Who do you think wins that job? Well, it's the biggest question mark right now because I pointed out all the prospects that the Sabres have up front, right? And yeah. they have a ton of prospects, good, talented players uh, to come in and, and infuse the you know, the roster with talent on defense. They have Darlene, they'll have Owen Power, they have Matthias Samuelson, they have Henry Yokiaru. They've got a lot of pieces on defense as well. In that, you know, it's like you're looking ahead to, well, Devin Levi is going to be good. Yeah, yeah, but Devin Levi is in college this year. Right. Eric Portillo is going to be good. Well, Portillo is in college this year. Well, who's in between now and then? And a lot of people thought, well, Uko Pekalukanen is going to be the guy. He's, he's done good. He's done good this year, but I'm not convinced that he is the guy yet. Uh, he was hurt recently. He's in Rochester right now. He's going to play a few games in Rochester, maybe more of a conditioning stint. I expect he'll be back up in Buffalo in a couple of weeks, and the Sabres will really evaluate Uko Pekalukanen to see, okay, is he one of our guys next year? Or are we going to have to make a trade at the deadline for a goalie or look at a goalie in the offseason? Because I do believe that right now it's holding back the Sabres a little bit. And I'm not – look, Craig Anderson has done really well. Dustin Tokarski at times has done well. Uh, Oko Pekalukinen has done well at times. But well is not going to get you in the playoffs. You need outstanding goaltending. You need, you know, Vasilevsky, Shesterkin, uh, even Jack Campbell, Freddie Anderson. I'm not a big fan of John Gibson, but he's done incredibly well. You need you need that type of goaltending. And right now, I don't think the Sabres have that, so they need to figure it out. Former goalie Martin Biron, our guest here, MSG Network uh, analyst. Terrific job uh, on a nightly basis covering the Sabres at Marty Biron43. Uh, on Twitter. A couple more quick ones for you here, Marty. I wanted to go back to your playing career a little bit here um, and reminisce. What did you learn from Dominic Hasek? Uh Number one, uh, you can always make a save. There's there's not one goal that's going to go in that you say, I couldn't stop that. No, you could stop everything. Hmm. And you can stop everything in practice as well. Now, only special athletes like Dominic Hasek and I played with Miller and Lundqvist and those were two other special athletes. Now they can stop everything in practice. For me, I needed to pace myself a little bit because I'd be burnt out, right? I'd be exhausted and physically and mentally. Those guys can do it. Um, so that was the one thing I learned from Dom. And two, you can be your own individual. You don't have to be cookie cutter, the style of somebody else. Like you don't have to come in the league right now and say, I want to play like Connor Hellebuck, or I want to play like Andre Vasilevsky, or I want to be like Shesterkin. No, you can carve your own style. Because at the time where Dominic Hasek was playing and dominating the league, the league was going to this butterfly style that was 
a little strange in the early 90s, right? Why are goalies on their knees? Why aren't they not sitting on their feet? It's lazy to be on your knees. Well, Hasek did not conform to the butterfly, but used the butterfly, the half butterfly, the chase save, the two-pad stack, the stand-up. He used all of it to build his own identity. And that's what I keep trying to tell kids. We can work on technical elements and your positioning and all of that, but you have to find what works for you because everybody is unique, uh, and Hasek was definitely unique. Was it hard when, you know, he goes to the Red Wings, you know, and you you become the starter for a while until Ryan Miller emerges. Obviously, the Sabres trade you to Philadelphia. But but you and, and all those guys in that locker room came so close to winning a cup in 99 against the Stars, and we know how it all unfolded with the skate in the crease and all that stuff. And, yes, me being a diehard Sabres guy, it was definitely a skate in the crease. Um, but But... Marty, it's it had to have been. I know you were probably happy for him, but we talk about this all the time. This year it comes up again because the Bills got so close again. Like the city of Buffalo deserves a championship so bad. You guys were so close. Then you watch your best player go win one with Detroit. How hard was that? Well, I mean, yes, the city of Buffalo, Western New York, uh, and I'm branching out all the way to Syracuse and Southern Ontario. I mean, if you're a Bills fan, a Sabres fan, um, you know, you want a championship. So uh, they deserve that. The fan base deserves that. Uh, absolutely. Now, with Dom, it was different because okay. when the team went to the finals and went to the conference finals the year before in 98, I was in Rochester. I was with my own group of players, and we were all young and prospects, and we all came up to Buffalo and earned our spot in Buffalo when the, the I, want, I don't want to call them the old guys, but the older guys all moved out. Michael Pekka moved out. Dominic Hasek moved out. Uh, you had Alexi Zetnik and Richard Smelik move on. You had Rob Ray move on. Uh, all those guys, two Barnes move on. Like, they all moved on. So it was basically saying, hey, we're going in the different direction here. And my group of, of guys, me, Jay McKee, and then it became J.P. Dumont and Danny Briere. And, 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 and then we got Derek Roy and Bonneville and Vanek and all those guys. But it was, we were ready and we wanted that challenge. So was it weird when Dom won a cup in Detroit? No, I was so happy. I actually saw Dom the week after we played golf together, after he won the cup in Detroit. He came down to Buffalo, we played golf. I was really excited. Uh, would it have been weird in, you know, a different situation where, we were really, really good, and all of a sudden he gets traded, probably, but we weren't good. After Dumb left, we needed two or three years at the minimum to get ourselves good again with all the young guys. So it didn't feel weird. It just felt like that was the, the next step for the organization. Give me your best story in the AHL with the Amherst Crunch rivalry. I mean, my God, it, it's a heated one. You know that. It's an hour and a half separation. Give me, give me a story, like whether it's a fans or a bus trip, something, something good that people might not know. So I used to love playing in Syracuse because the building, and they did some renovation over the years, uh, the old War Memorial, but I used to love playing in there because the building would shake. If somebody got hit, the whole glass would shake, the boards would shake, the building would shake. Uh, and I remember in 98, 99, 
We had a really, really tough rivalry with the uh, uh, Syracuse Crunch. And Jack McElhardy was the coach in Syracuse. Uh, Brian McCutcheon was the coach in Rochester. I had Jack McElhardy as an assistant coach in Philadelphia a few years later. And fortunately, he, he passed away a couple of years back. But Jack and Brian McCutcheon used to want to fight every game. Those two... Like, they go back a long time playing in the NHL, and they were tough, gritty players. And, I mean, yes, we had some tough battles on the ice, but it wasn't as heated as what McCutcheon and McAlardy would get behind the bench. They would be on the, 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 the glass that would separate the two benches. They would try to swing at one another. They'd be yelling at one another. It was such entertainment for us players. Loved it. Loved every second of it. So I know that the Syracuse Crunch fans that uh, followed the team in the late 90s uh, would remember those battles between Rochester and and the Syracuse Crunch. But mostly I remember the battle between McCutcheon and McAlardy behind the bench. It was great. <laughs> Final thing for you. Um, look, when you played the game, it was a, a great time, you know, to be to be a hockey fan, to be a player. I mean, between all the the legendary players, you know, uh, Hashik and Wah and Brodeur and um, you know Eiserman, Messier, Hall, Gretzky, Lemieux. I go on and on and on. You know, you yeah. played against a lot of, of them, and, and and you played with many of them. Um, but but I gotta tell you, Marty, I don't know as if the game's ever been better than right now. I mean, I am addicted to this game. I'm addicted to NHL Network. I'm addicted to you guys. On MSG, I watch all the Sabre games. I'm, I'm catching all the highlights the next morning, the late games. You know, I'm digging into box scores. I'm just, I'm like, I'm glued in. The size, the speed, the skill, the youth. Do, do you feel like the game has never been better than right now? The game is a hundred times better. And listen, it's no disrespect. Like, those players are legends, right? Like, yep. nobody's ever going to be... And Wayne Gretzky, and nobody's ever going to be Mario Lemieux, and nobody's gonna, ever going to be Mike Bossy before that, and Maurice Richard, Jean Beliveau, and whatnot. They they carved their own place in in the history of the game, but overall, like the game is at a level where it's never been, and I see it at the youth hockey level, where I mean, I look at fourteen year old goaltenders that are better than I was when I was 22 year olds that can do things technically that I was never able to do. Uh, it's just, it's amazing to see. And it's not just the boys, it's the girls too. You know, last night I get home after the Sabres game, I tune in to USA Czechia for the women's game at the Olympics. And I'm watching this battle go back and forth. Like, USA was dominating Czechia, uh, but it was 0-0, and then it was 1-1, and I'm looking at Hillary Knight and, and Kendall Cohn's, uh, Cohn's Schofield and, and so many of the players on Team USA, and then the game that they had against Canada a few days ago. Like, I'm like, the women's game is, is amazing as well. So it's not just the boys, it's the girls. The game of hockey is better than it's ever been. Yeah, no doubt. Former NHL goalie Martin Biron. Unbelievable to have you aboard here, Marty. Uh, go catch him on MSG Networks covering the Buffalo Sabres. Of course, played with Buffalo Flyers, Islanders, and the Rangers. And follow him on Twitter, at Marty Biron, the number 43. Marty, I always love having you on. Uh, you've been really great with me through the years. Can't thank you enough for the time. Enjoy your dogs. Keep up the amazing work, and we'll do it again soon, all right? 
I love that you say enjoy your dogs. Yes, I'm going to have to take them out in a little bit here, but thanks for having me again. And uh, yeah, enjoy the, the rest of the Olympics and second half of the season. And now a message from our good pals over at Masterworks. What I'm about to say might shock you, but the greatest quarterback of all time is not just a goat on the field. He's a goat when it comes to investing as well. Stocks, crypto, even art. You can invest like the GOAT as well with Masterworks. In fact, Masterworks is the investing platform that lets you buy shares representing an investment in art from icons like Monet, Picasso, and others. Art prices actually outpace the S&P 500 by 164% from 1992 to 2021. In fact, early investors already received over 30% IRR in 2020 and 2021 from the sale of just two paintings. That's it, two paintings. This is your opportunity to join 300,000 other members and invest like the GOAT. And you can get priority access with our game day promo. Go ahead and visit masterworks.art slash believe. That's masterworks.art slash believe, B-L-E-A-V. See important disclosures at masterworks.io slash disclaimer. A huge uh, thanks as well to uh, NordVPN, and you've probably heard this a few times on the show. You can get your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com slash believe, or use the code believe, that's believe, B-L-E-A-V, to get up to 70% off your NordVPN plan, plus one additional month for free. It's also risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guaranteed. What an unbelievable chat with Martin Biron. He's one of my favorite a hockey analyst out there. Used to love watching him play as well. I, I saw so many games with Martin Buran um, playing for the Rochester Americans because obviously I went to, used to go to a ton of crunch games. Um, and then with the Sabres, you know, I used to go up uh, a lot when I was a student at St. Bonaventure on the campus activity board trips, uh, intern with the Empire Sports Network. In fact, there was one uh, time where people thought I actually looked like Martin Biron and they would just call me Marty. Uh, when I walked in as an intern, but those were good times. And I, you know, I've been in the locker room, uh, you know, with him and, 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 and others. Um, it was just a great time. And uh, now he's just killing it. I mean, he gets better and better every single game as an analyst for the MSG network. Mike Winsley here, hit me on Twitter at Mike L sports, download, subscribe, leave feedback and a five-star review all over the major podcast platforms where you get podcasts on your smartphone device. We are brought to you by Brian Conboy of Mass Mutual New York State. Tax-efficient retirement planning. Make sure you go with Brian today. Brian Conboy will set you up with your financial future. Advisors.massmutual.com. And, of course, on LinkedIn and Facebook as well. Tip of the cap, thank you uh, as well to Rosie's Corner, Ken's Auto Detailing, Camilla's Golf Club, and Burton Ace Hardware. Stop by Burton Ace Hardware, Ace, the helpful place. They've got everything inside and outside of your home that you need from garbage cans to uh, uh, toilet covers to shovels to uh, potting soil and salt. You name it. Every season, every item, it's all there. Burton Ace Hardware, Ace, the helpful place. Stop by if you're in and around Central New York on Route 11 in front of the Burton Bridge. Thanks again for listening. As I always tell you, enjoy the games. Hey.